because I tried to, to just not bring it into my home at all because I know if it's there, I'll be tempted to have it. So I just, my whole philosophy has always been if I'm going to indulge in something, then it's going to be at like a restaurant or on a special occasion so that it's not in my bubble. Welcome to the Purposeful Fitness with Coach Ola, where I dive in deeper into holistic health and fitness topics that will help you stay inspired, motivated, and dedicated to living a purposeful fit life while pursuing for the Akhirah. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 49 with Coach Ola. Our guest for today is Sarah Zayed. She is the founder of Positive V, which is a health, fitness, and lifestyle medicine blog geared towards young women. She graduated with a degree in computer science and mathematics from Rutgers University in 2016, but was always drawn to health and fitness, taking a variety of science classes, exercising regularly, and exploring nutrition. She started Positivity on Instagram in 2015, and while working full-time as a software engineer, after graduating, acquired a plant-based nutrition certificate from Cornell University and became a ASM certified personal trainer. She has written for Healthline and was featured in Women's Health Magazine in 2019. Currently, she works at Ethos Health, the first farm-based medical practice in the country as a medical assistant and will be starting medical school in summer 2020, inshallah. The episode for today is about plant-based and how to go about it within the coronavirus epidemic. And we also shared our culture and religion part aspect because we both can relate to it and what we've gone through and so excited but before we start with the conversation i would like to invite you to the purposeful ramadan program it's limited time limited space it starts next week and also if you are able to screenshot this episode if you're watching the video listening to it on audio tag sad on instagram at sada we'll have it in the show notes and when she talks about it and also make sure you tag myself at BeFit for Akhira with your favorite workout and your favorite diet, nutrition, meal that you're eating. Without further ado, let's get started with the interview. Welcome to the show, Sarah. How are you today? I'm good, Aula. How are you? Alhamdulillah. I'm very excited to have you on here today to talk about plant-based because I know you're very big on it. Yes, and I love definitely. Yes. And like in between, so I want to hear you know, your perspective and have an open discussion about it, inshallah. Absolutely. So like, Again, tell us about yourself. I did the intro, but if you can tell us where you are, what you're doing right now. Okay. Well, we're in the middle of the coronavirus crisis right now. Um, yeah. I'll tell you, I, I know you already did an intro, but I'm just going to just explain who I am again for your listeners. I graduated with a degree in computer science. I was a software engineer for two years. And during that time is kind of when I started my blog called Positivity, even though my Instagram is under my real name now. And it was centered on health and wellness. And originally it was just a way to like document my own personal journey with getting healthier. But then it just evolved into something so much more than that. I started developing an interest in lifestyle medicine specifically, which is medicine that centers on getting patients to change their their lifestyle and their habits as a way to prevent and treat and reverse disease. And I went to this conference called the International Plant-Based Nutrition and Healthcare Conference. I like flew to California for it. And I just realized I, I actually, what I really, really wanted to do is go into medicine and become a doctor. And 
formalize my approach to, to lifestyle change in medicine. And my blog was a big part of helping me come to that realization. So quit my job in May 2018 at this point. Well, it's, I can't believe it's been almost two years. And in the time that I have not been working full time, I was preparing to go to medical school. So I took all the extra classes I needed, took the, the MCAT, which is the entrance exam for medical school. I started working as a medical assistant at the first farm-based medical practice in the country. And if you don't know what that is, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a medical practice that's on a farm. And in the medical practice, our, even though we do use conventional medicine at times, the vast majority of our approach to helping patients is lifestyle medicine. So it's, it's like the stars aligned. It's exactly what I really wanted to do. I've been working there for almost two years now as a medical assistant, and it just solidified my resolve even more. I've probably seen hundreds of patients at this point, and I really think it's my true life calling and a big cornerstone of lifestyle medicine is whole food plant-based nutrition, which we'll be talking about today. So that's that. And I'm going to medical school this summer, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, I got accepted to multiple medical schools. So I got like my pick, alhamdulillah. So I'll be starting inshallah this summer, summer 2020. Inshallah. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's so amazing. And like the star alignment, I feel the same thing, like how we're both on a similar path in a way, because like when you said, you quit your job in 2018, kind of like with me at the same time, but a part-time job. And I was like, let me go full-time with my BFIT for Akira, which also just like you start as an idea with a blog kind of concept. And then I'm like, let me turn that into a business. <laughs> and it's been a very like interesting, hard journey. Like being an entrepreneur is definitely like, yeah, it's fun. And so when I, I used to like, I've been following for a while and like we've had a discussion privately about like, because you've had your audience telling you, some of them told you like not to change it. And I was like, you know, it's so cool that you're calling it positive. And see the, the tongue twist is coming up. Positivity. Positivity. Yeah. Yes. And like, that's, I, that's why, like, that's exactly why I wanted to change it. Cause even though I know people get yeah, it, yeah. it's just hard to say. And I'm just like, if people can't say it, they can't, they can't share with other people. They can't talk about it. They, they don't remember how to like type it, type in the spelling. So I'm actually eventually going to change because my website is still under positivity. My Instagram is now under my real name, but I'm sure you have like show notes that you can just put, put it under there. Yeah, I'm eventually going to change my actual blog name from positivity to something else. And I already have an idea. The reason I haven't yet is because it's going to be a process to move all my blog posts over. At this point, I have like 40 blog posts, alhamdulillah, and I don't want to lose any of my writing. So I've been kind of hesitant to, to screw around to change the name, but inshallah, I'll be doing that soon. Yeah, save them. And like, that's how it is with my BFIT for Akhira. Like, because my, like, Akhira, but like, I want to keep it, even though it's like not relating to a lot of people. And I know that's the hardest part it's been for with, with me. But at the same time, it's like, I want to do it as in like a Dawa moment kind of thing, but like, not mm-hmm. push myself on people. With that, with that being said, with the lovely coronavirus epidemic situation, how has that been so far about it with you? Like, especially when it comes to plant based, financial situation because you know a lot of places have food shortage and what have you so well alhamdulillah we haven't had any issues getting the food that we need my husband was really prepared like before everyone started hoarding he was just like you know it might be a good idea to stock up on some food before you know this gets worse because it sounds like it might might get worse so he you know he was ready and 
I think we've been okay. Like we haven't had any issues. We're really careful. We're staying at home. We're making sure to maintain social distancing, even when we go out. And I think it's actually been a good time for my diet because I've never been one to snack or eat junk food at home for the most part because I tried to, to just not bring it into my home at all because I know if it's there, I'll be tempted to have it. So I just, my whole philosophy has always been if I'm going to indulge in something, then it's going to be at like a restaurant or on a special occasion so that it's not in my bubble in my personal life. And that makes it so that most of the time I'm sticking to my lifestyle and my diet and that's just the way I live my life. So I think it's been actually a good time for my health and my diet just because restaurants are all closed. So one of our favorite things to do is actually go out to eat. And I, I am a vegan and I strive to always eat plant-based meals when I go out to restaurants, but there are things that are going to be in the food because I haven't prepared it myself that I wouldn't normally include like oil, like salt, like processed foods which are, even though they're vegan, they're not whole food plant-based and I don't consider them like a healthy addition to my diet. So the fact that I'm not going out to eat at all at this time has made it pretty easy to stick to eating a plant-based diet. And alhamdulillah, like we've been following the rules, just going out like once a week to get groceries. And I think it's been okay. So what made you choose the plant-based route? So for your listeners. So first of all, I just want to clarify what whole food plant-based nutrition yes. is. Yep. So whole food plant-based nutrition is a diet that centers on whole plant foods, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, which are beans and lentils, nuts and seeds, and avoids animal products, processed foods, oils, alcohol. And the reason that I strongly believe in whole food plant-based nutrition is first of all, it's an evidence-based way of eating. And I think that there are a lot of fad diets that crop up that people claim have these miraculous health benefits. I think that the large body of scientific evidence supports eating a whole food plant-based diet and supports eating a whole food plant-based diet in particular for, for health. A plant-based diet is the only diet that's ever been shown to not just prevent heart disease, but reverse heart disease, which is absolutely incredible considering heart disease is our number one killer of both men and women in the United States. And the American Institute for Cancer Research recommends a plant-based diet, not just for cancer prevention, but also for patients who, who currently have cancer. They recommend a plant-based diet. Of our 10 leading killers, plant, there's some evidence that plant-based nutrition is beneficial for you know, alleviating symptoms or preventing or even in some cases reversing. When it comes to me personally, there are lots of chronic diseases that run in my family, namely heart disease and diabetes too. My father actually passed away from a heart attack in 2014. So you know, the fact that I just, I just mentioned that plant-based nutrition is the only diet that has been shown to prevent and reverse heart disease is significant for me personally because of my family history. And, you know, diabetes too also runs very strongly in my family. And I wanted to share this, this story personally for me, even though I want to clarify to your listeners that just because I'm sharing an anecdotal experience and a story about my life doesn't mean it's scientific evidence. You should always look at actual science before you make decisions about how to eat and what lifestyle habits to take on. But just personally for me, when I was 20 years old, I got a blood test that showed that I was almost pre-diabetic. For your listeners who, who understand what hemoglobin A1C is, it's basically like a three-month month average of your blood sugar. And if 
you're at a certain level, you're pre-diabetic, and then if your sugars are high enough, then you're considered a diabetic. So my A1C was 5.5 or 5.6, and pre-diabetes starts at 5.7. And I remember at the time seeing this number and feeling a little bit concerned, but trying not to freak myself out because you know, my doctor didn't really say anything to me, to me about it. But the reason she got the test in the first place, it's not usually a standard part of like a young, healthy 20 year old's blood test is because she knew I had this family history. And in the five years since I haven't changed where I live, I still live in the same county. I still exercise very much back then I was exercising vigorously too. I was already running my half marathons. And, you know, I was super active. And I was never overweight. But the only thing that's really changed since then, for me personally, when it comes to the way I live my life, is what I eat. So I've gradually shifted to a more whole food plant-based diet in the, in the last few years. And now I consider myself a whole food plant-based vegan eater, even though just because you're eating a plant-based diet doesn't necessarily mean that you're vegan, which I, I do want to clarify. Like if you had if you had meat like once a year or whatever, you would still be, and you had like plants, whole plants the, the rest of the time, you would still be considered a whole food plant-based eater. So I just wanted to clarify that. But back to the story, I became, I gradually became more of a whole food plant-based eater. And I, I really, in the past couple of years is when I really kicked it up into gear. And I, I worked really hard to clean up my diet. And, you know, I got a blood test this past summer showing that my A1C is now 4.9. As, as, as compared to 5.5 or 5.6. So I'm not even close to being a pre-diabetic anymore. And that was such a profound moment for me because even though I have been a medical assistant for almost two years and I've actually seen patients reverse, you know, full-fledged diabetes too, I was still nervous to get my blood test because I was like, oh, what if like I'm the person it doesn't matter for? Like what if you know, what if nothing's actually changed for me? So it was really emotional for me to see that, to know that just because I have this genetic predisposition, and we know that's the case because, you know, I was so close to pre-diabetes at age 20, but that doesn't mean that I have to live out the same experience that, you know, some of my family members did. I don't have to develop severe chronic disease. I don't have to have my quality of life spoiled by health issues. I can continue to live healthfully. And, you know, again, based on the scientific evidence, that's the primary reason I, that's, that is the reason that I believe a whole, whole food plant-based nutrition is the, the optimal diet and the closest thing to a panacea we have, but for me personally, in my own life, I've seen how powerful it can be, not just for me, but for my patients and for my loved ones. So that's kind of the gist of what plant-based nutrition is. And hopefully that that clarifies. This is so interesting, like, because we're both in like similar path. Like, it's, it's just interesting because number one, your reason for starting your own blog in 2014 is actually the same exact year that I started my Bifit for Akira because my grandma passed away as well. And that was like my own wake-up call on a spiritual level and then you are like a wake-up call on a health level but also with me I also was pre-diabetic and I never like took it so seriously wow. yeah I was pre-diabetic because I struggled with binge eating overeating emotional eating all that stuff and like emotional stuff again <laughs> but yes so when I was pre-diabetic that's when it hit me like I used to run, work out, eat healthy, got my toned body. But then I went through like a depression phase before my grandma passed away, anxiety, all that stuff. And that's when I became pre-diabetic. 
So when she passed away, I'm like, what the heck am I doing with my body? <laughs> I need to take care of it for a higher purpose because that's like my body is going to be like a witness for me and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I feel like I feel like you have like a lot your your audience is, is is you know, you have a lot of Muslims in your audience and I feel like in at least in my community, maybe it's different in other communities, but I feel like in many Muslim communities, health and fitness are treated as like this extra thing that you tack on to your life. But I think it's part it's part of worship because your body is your vehicle. It's your amana, it's your trust. And I think that if you, you aren't in good health, if you don't take care of yourself, then how can you worship adequately? How can you serve your community? How can you be good to your family? So I think, and that's why I think what you're doing with like the Ramadan challenge and stuff is so inspiring because I, I really think that take eating well and, and exercising and taking care of your body and being mindful, I think all of those things are, are, are strictly part of religious practice. I think that it's not, it's not, you know, a, I think it's, it's a sign of strong amen when people truly treat their body as, as a trust and an amen and use it and consume food and move accordingly. Yeah, and that's, I'm laughing and smiling because that's actually my next question. Yeah. Because I know you've gone through it just like I have and we're probably going to continue going through it. So, so far in your journey within the Arab and the Muslim communities, because you and I are both Arab as well, and Muslim women in hijab, how has that, the feedback been about your choice in choosing plant-based diet? Like, because I know, you know, there's a setback for you, for example, there's a setback for me, like, oh, like I have music in my work, because I've been through that before, like, you know, you have music, but your name is Akhirah, it's Haram, and like, you're doing this, it's Haram, and you know, so how has it been for you? I mean, I think that, um, I think for, well, first of all, I think times are changing. I think people are coming to the understand, I think people are coming to a better understanding of nutrition. I know things are more confusing than ever. Like, for example, I think the keto diet, like, like a super high fat, low carb diet is one of the unhealthiest things you can do for your body. I know that's all the rage right now that aside. So I I still, I think there is a lot of nutritional confusion still, but I think people are coming around to the idea that you know, processed foods, oils, animal products are not a healthy part of your diet. They shouldn't be a dietary staple. So I think people, the Muslims in my audience in particular, are more receptive to my message in a way that they weren't a few years ago. I still do get some, you know, vicious feedback at times because I'm not just whole food plant-based. I'm also a vegan. I I did clarify this earlier, but I want to say it again. A whole food plant-based diet means that you're eating whole plant foods and avoiding the, you know, the foods I listed, the processed foods, the animal products, which include dairy, eggs, meat, beef, chicken, et cetera, and oils. But it doesn't mean that they have to be a hundred percent totally excluded from your diet all the time even though that's the way I live my life. I'm actually a vegan. And I think that there's some evidence showing it's, it's best to go all the way as opposed to continue to include small amounts of these, these food groups in your diet. So I talk about plant-based nutrition and veganism in parallel. And I think, I think some Muslims and some people in my audience and also some family members get upset at the idea of that because they extrapolate that because I don't eat meat and because I recommend against eating meat that I am saying that it's haram 
And I have never said that, and I will never say that because I know that eating animal products is halal for us and it's permissible. So I would never say that. I would never claim that something is Islamically impermissible if it's not Islamically impermissible. But I do think that we've been given reason for a reason, no pun intended. We've been given the ability to be conscious, to draw conclusions. We have the scientific method. We have the ability to apply research. So I think that if there's a body of evidence that demonstrates something, I think it's important for us to, to recognize and acknowledge that. And sometimes, you know, again, sometimes people get upset because they think I'm saying something is haram when I'm not saying is haram. But I actually wrote a whole piece on Islam and veganism, making the case for being vegan and why I, I don't think I don't think it's wrong and I don't think it's haram to decide to be a vegan and to decide to exclude animal products because at the end of the day, it's a preference. Preferences aren't haram. So if it's my preference not to include something in my diet, then there's there's nothing wrong with that as long as I'm not claiming that the religion says something that it doesn't say. And I've, you know, I've had people in my personal life badger me about not drinking milk and not eating meat and you know, I'm going to waste away and wither away and whatever because I don't have these food products in my diet. But the reality is... You know, my blood work showed that I'm absolutely healthier than ever. I said I said earlier that I, I was I've never been overweight, but before I started eating a plant-based diet, I was like 10 to 15 pounds heavier than I am now. And now my weight has been stable for the last few years. I like fluctuate a couple of pounds, but I'm very stable at my current weight. You know, I've had my visceral fat checked, it's at a really healthy level. I sleep well, I have a lot of energy. Like I I can't I can't overstate how profoundly my life has been affected by the way I eat. So on a personal level, I used to get really upset when family members would be like, you should eat this and you should eat that. But that I've, I've realized that, you know, nobody can shove something down my throat. Like literally no one can shove food down my throat. So I'm just going to, I accept that people are at the place they're at when it comes to their own lives. And I accept that, you know, these family members mean well, and they really think that something is good for me and that I should include it. And as long as I am patient with that, and I make my case for the way I eat, I don't have to get riled up over it. When it comes to people on Instagram or responding to my blogs, that's why I write long form pieces. It's that's why I've written like Islam and veganism, for example, that's why I've written numerous blogs about plant-based nutrition and I'm always careful to cite scientific evidence and research because then I share I just share that with people and I'm just like this is what I've written about it this is what my stance and what I think at times I'll engage with people one-on-one who you know try to challenge me I think that that's that's healthy and helpful when someone has a genuine legitimate concern or question or issue with something I'm saying. And I welcome that because it helps me refine my own understanding of what my position is. But sometimes people just get really upset and they're, you know, I've had people say, Oh, you're, you're trying to say this is haram and that's haram. And I was like, I've never said that. I'm not going to entertain someone claiming I said something I didn't say. And I don't, I don't expect people to, to swallow and accept everything I say hundred percent right away. I think people should be, they should be skeptical they should do the analysis and examine it for themselves absolutely and again that's why i always cite the research is because i think people should come to their own conclusions i don't want people to just take my word for it because i'm a guru or like an influencer or whatever you want to call it i don't even see myself that way i just <laughs> see myself as like someone with a message yes you know yeah yeah, yeah. but you know i think people 
shouldn't just take my word for it. They should look at it for themselves and, you know, try it for yourself. Like the, again, I've seen hundreds of patients at this point and it's just like, we just had a patient this past Tuesday. Oh, and that's something I didn't mention that during the coronavirus, all our patients have moved virtually. So now we're just, now we're doing telemedicine as opposed to seeing patients in person. But we just had this patient who has been suffering from like a number of chronic issues and you know, there are a couple things that she still needed to tweak that she still wasn't feeling good about. And of course, this is a process like thing, nothing is going to get better 100% right away in your first like 30 days of trying a new diet. But she was like, Oh, besides like, these one or two things that we still need to work on. She was like, I feel fantastic. I'm on cloud nine, I sleep better, my skin is clear. And this was just after like, a few weeks of changing her diet, like is absolutely incredible. Again, like I've said, we've had patients who reverse chronic issues, like we've had patients with high blood pressure who, you know, weren't overweight and didn't have additional health issues. So they had like very resistant high blood pressure. And just taking the time to refine their diet and keeping track of it made it so that we could take them off their medications. And they were, they, you know, successfully were able to come off people who just not just improve their health issues, but also found like a new sense of purpose. And that's one of the biggest reasons I'm such a big advocate for plant-based nutrition and for changing your lifestyle in other ways, like exercising and meditating and taking care of your microbiome and having a connection to the natural world is because we're not just trying to like improve numbers on a blood test, right? The goal isn't to just like get this number to go from like 15 to you know, zero. So the goal isn't just to get like your cholesterol from like 210 to 150. The goal is for you to be able to aspire to this like higher sense of fulfillment and purpose. And something I always talk about is the fact that there's something called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't know if you've heard of it before, but yes, I, I have. You, yeah, you yeah. have, right? Do you do you have a background in psychology? I think you. I'm a biology major, so like we're both oh, science okay. people. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So I I try not to assume that people know or don't know things, but yeah, yeah. for for those listening who don't know what Maslow's hierarchy of needs is, Maslow was a, a psychologist, but I believe, and he posited that there's this hierarchy of needs, and you need to fulfill the, lo- the the lower rungs on the ladder before you can get to the higher rungs. And the very tip of the pyramid is self-actualization. Everything before that is like your safety, your security, intimacy, but the very base of that pyramid, of that hierarchy, is your physiological needs. And you know, part of your physiological needs are being healthy, being well-fed, you know, taking care of those like immediate needs. And I think health health is a physiological need and i think if you aren't healthy if you can't if you can't feel good in your own body if you're constantly suffering from chronic pain chronic issues that bottom rung of the ladder isn't fulfilled and you'll never be able to self-actualize you'll never be able to think about your higher purpose and think about how you can how you can fulfill that and so that's really, really the strong reason at the forefront of why I believe so much in lifestyle medicine is because I think by applying these lifestyle changes, you can satisfy those physiological needs and free yourself up to be able to self-actualize. So I, I really feel like I have this higher purpose and mission. And you know, to go back to your question, I used to get so frustrated when people would challenge me or whatever, but now I'm just like, it's, it's fine. Like you are at a certain place of readiness. You're at a certain place in your journey. It's okay for you to be at that place, but this is the place I'm at and this is the information 
information and the guidance that I'm sharing and you're welcome to take it or leave it. And that's the, that's the way I see it. Like I'm going to put my message out into the world and people who are ready to accept it or who are open to hearing it will hear it and, and maybe apply it even if we're lucky and people who don't, that is okay. You know? So I know that was like a very, very long winded <laughs> answer to your question. No, um, but I appreciate that you didn't cut me off at all because I could really <laughs> go on forever. <laughs> no, I'm laughing and smiling because like I relate a lot because like, you know, I've been told like, like faith is something I really am passionate about as well and spirituality. So like, I've been told when I wore the hijab, like I became a little bit too religious for the family or like the sheikh of the family. And like that really hurt me a lot. And it's like, whatever. So, and then like when I did get the bifid for akhira, like these things didn't stop. Even though I, you know, went back to the music, I went back to the regular life <laughs> that I had before the hijab and stuff like that. Like I still face people like, oh, but now you're this and that. So you're kind of like my expert to go to within the Muslim community when it comes to plant-based diet. Because one of my followers follows me as well. And she was like, yeah, Sarah, like, plant-based. Because she's trying to be on that route as well. So she, like, you know, I was referring to her. She's like, yeah, I already follow her. And I always, like, talk to her about it too. So there's that number one. Number two, like you said, people are not going to always appreciate our message. And that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, we need to stay true to ourselves. And then, like, since I'm advocate of a mental health, anxiety, and depression, plant-based is actually really good for you. However, I need, I want to like bring up the what the hell documentary. I know it's a very like controversial what happened. It is controversial. Yeah. yeah. So when I heard, watched it, I actually tried out the plant base for like two weeks because according to them, if you do it for two weeks, you're going to like have a life. And I'm like, this is not my life. I can't. I love chicken. I love meat. Like no way. <laughs> so I appreciate people who are like really strong at it. But like, like you mentioned, you can still eat meat and chicken but not as much am i understanding things correctly i've well, had i i would say i would say that okay i, th I think your so opinion think, first of all your opinion. <laughs> this is so i think that ultimately the goal should be to eat as little of it as possible yeah. because i don't think of it as a health food i think people are at different stages some people can go cold turkey and just and I, th I actually think for a lot of things that's the most effective thing because i think if you're addicted to certain foods you know, if, if you're addicted to cigarettes or alcohol, you don't just like slowly drink less alcohol. You have to go cold turkey to be able to really get over it and to move forward. So I, I do see some addictive foods in the same, in the same way, but I also appreciate that sometimes people have to take their time and they have to make changes gradually. And of course I've done that too. Like I, I wouldn't say, you know, overnight one day I was like this magical whole food plant-based eater. And that's not the case. Like I, I was so addicted to sugar. Like I, it was so difficult for me to, to get over eating dessert all the time. Like even when, even when I would go to like luncheons or conferences or whatever, and there was like a tray of cookies and brownie, like that's, that's like, what I was thinking about. I was like obsessed with it. So I really do think some of these things are addictions and should be treated as such. But with regard to what you were saying, I would say that if you're someone who's trying to change, change your diet gradually, I would say number one, try to make animal products. Try to make that list of 
red light foods, those no-go foods like processed foods, animal products, etc. Try to make them just like 10% of your calories. So I don't really advocate, I don't advocate for counting calories unless you have a specific reason to do so. Same here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just because I think it's not a sustainable way to live. Of course, yeah. for someone who ha- who's done everything right and their weight loss has just completely plateaued, I think it can be a helpful tool. If you're an athlete, for example, and you need certain macronutrients to be able to maximize your training, then all, by all means go for it. But I think for a regular person who's just trying to be healthy, I don't think counting calories is sustainable. So that's, I'm, I feel like I'm going off on like five different tangents that's to your question. Yeah. It's all, it's all contextual information <laughs> that's important, but that's another reason I believe so strongly in plant-based nutrition is because whole plant foods are what your body evolved to eat. And, and so you'll, you'll naturally feel, feel satisfied and feel full eating the right number of calories without having to count. So I would say number one, if you're still including those red light foods in your diet, I would say keep them to 10% of your calories. So that can be a helpful exercise to do once is to get to get to keep track of your calories, to keep track of the components, the foods that you eat, and just make sure to allocate just 10% to those foods. That's one. Number two, I think people often treat animal products as the center, the center of attention, the main course, the main meal. Instead of treating the salmon or the chicken as the main course and the main meal, treat it like a condiment. Like treat it like like when you're eating you know, I don't eat hot dogs at all, whatever. That's just an example. But when you're eating a hot dog, you're not eating it for the, for the ketchup on top. You're eating it for, for like the hot dog. So instead of treating, you know, the, the animal product or the meat or whatever as the main course, instead of treating it like the hot dog, treat it like the ketchup, treat it like a condiment, just something that maybe you sprinkle on a little bit of for just flavor and for, for taste, texture, whatever. Don't treat it like the main thing. Really focus your energies on centering your meals on whole plant foods. And the last thing I want to say about that is that I think that, and I've said this before, and I think it's a little bit of a controversial stance in like the nutrition and fitness space, because I think there's this really prevalent message about moderation and balance. And even though I think balance is important in a lot of areas of life, I don't think diet is one of them because I think people will often try to, for example, schedule like a cheat day on a Friday or a Saturday or a cheat meal. And I think that actually makes it harder to change your diet, not easier. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, you're spending the whole week eating well, but you're just like fantasizing about that cheat meal on Friday. And it makes it so that the healthy diet feels like a prison. It feels like something that you're forcing yourself to do. And that the cheat meal is, is liberating and it's pleasurable and it's enjoyable. And, and I think once just enjoy the moment. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I look twice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, life is short, but rest assured life is just, is just long (laughs) enough to punish you. (laughs) But I think, I think people, I think that that, that cheat meal or whatever makes it harder because I think the goal shouldn't be to like force yourself into like muscle through eating a healthy diet. I think the goal should be to allow your body and your taste buds and your mind to evolve such that eating healthfully feels enjoyable, feels pleasurable, and you don't need those, those extra foods. You know what I'm saying? So that's like, that's why for me, I spoke a little bit about, you know, how like my sweet tooth is my Achilles heel. Like I love dessert. And I think that now I've gotten to a place where I really just don't need it at all. Most of the time, you know, on a special occasion, maybe I'll have like a vegan cake or something, but in my, in my, 
personal life on a daily basis, I'll eat dates or I'll eat fruit or like I'll make a dessert, but with whole foods only, like with whole dates in it, for example, to satisfy that sweet tooth. And the, I got to this place not because I like allowed myself to have cookies every Friday. I got to this place because I completely eliminated it from my life and I allowed my my experience to to shift to be able to appreciate whole food sources of of you know sugar. And it's funny because this is the last story I'll tell because again I know I like could go on and on. <laughs> But I was, I was visiting my mom and she was eating like oatmeal with some walnuts. And I always eat my oatmeal with just like raisins, blueberries, and some flax seeds. I don't add any sweetener to it, no maple syrup, no honey, no sugar, none of that. And so I was visiting my mom and she was having oatmeal and it looks plain to me. It looked like it was just plain oatmeal with some walnuts on top. And she's like, oh, like have a bite. So I took a bite of, of it and then I realized she put honey in it. She put a sweetener in it. And it tasted so good. And I was like, and it's like your, the pleasure centers in your brain light up. You're like this, it's like this like animalistic reward. And I realized like, wow, this is exactly why I can't have sugar or added sweeteners in my life on a regular basis. It's exact. It's because this experience is so pleasurable that I would never, if I, if I put like sugar or maple syrup or whatever into my oatmeal, I would never be able to appreciate it. And it's just, it's whole natural form. I would never be able to like enjoy the blueberries on top. That's why I don't think that like moderation is the, is, 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 is a, is a lasting sustainable tool to actually make, you know, a full spectrum change in your diet. Does that make sense? Does that answer your yes. question? And like, that's why I want to have this open discussion with you because I've always been promoting the whole moderation thing and like not cheat meals. And like, I know there are so many opinions and what have you and interview other people, nutritionists on my show. But you brought a really good point about the moderation, like how it can actually be not sustainable. And so for me at this point, I'm just like, you know, I just want to survive. <laughs> I'm just going to eat whatever I can, especially now that we are with the coronavirus epidemic. It's actually very hard now to like find food and that's why I asked that question like how can people actually continue this lifestyle with whatever it's being available because I had someone told me like in England for example they walked into the store and it was completely empty they only found crackers and I'm like wow you know and Ramadan is coming up and she was Muslim too so like with fasting and that's another topic but now that we are with the coronavirus epidemic how can we come together and support each other so we can stay healthy whether we choose the plant-based maybe or not like your tips, final tips, perhaps? Well, I think right now, because we're completely isolated, I think the re really the key to being healthy right at this moment, because there are a lot of different components to health. Like I've, t you know, I've talked extensively in this interview about plant-based nutrition, but I also think social connection and emotional health are really, really big, important components of health. Like I think even if you, if you eat a healthy diet, but you feel like crap all the time because you're stressed out about your relationships, or maybe you're in an abusive marriage, or you have like an emotionally manipulative family member or friend that will take a severe toll on your health. And I, again, I've seen these with, seen this with patients, like patients who are just like doing everything right when it comes to diet and exercise but they still haven't been able to get over some of their health issues. And a lot of it has to do with like the emotional stressors in their lives. So I think the fact that we're isolating right now can make it hard to get through this period. And I think 
just trying to find ways to connect with people, make connection, I think is, is absolutely key during this time. I think that it, it's good to have a schedule. It's good to have a routine and a purpose, start a new project at this time. I've heard people say like, oh, it's okay if like you don't feel normal. It's okay if you're struggling with this and you need some time to recuperate. And I agree, like if you, if you have negative feelings right now about what's going on, this is totally unprecedented. It's like a once in a lifetime pandemic. I think that absolutely give yourself the space and time to process that. But I think ultimately, it's, it's better for health if you have a sense of purpose and if you have a routine, like try to try trying to stick to that normalcy and day to day life, I think is so critical to just keeping ourselves mentally and emotionally healthy instead of like spiraling down into anxiety and depression, which is, you know, something I've experienced in the last few weeks. Like I, I feel I felt more anxious than usual. I'm usually not an anxious person, but I've even found like a few nights, like I, I struggled to sleep because I was feeling so anxious. And I th I just think that sticking to normalcy as much as possible and, and, you know, continuing to find things to be interested in, continuing to connect with people, like what we're doing now, like chatting via Zoom, I think all of those things, you know, can contribute to maintaining good health at this time. I think that the good thing about eating a plant-based diet is even though I know a lot of things aren't available right now, like for example, chickpeas are my go-to and for like a while I couldn't find any in stores because people were hoarding beans. But I think there are, there's a lot you can still find. I think, you know, finding dried food, cooking things in bulk and leaving it in the freezer, maybe purchasing some prepared foods, like getting some trays of foods from local restaurants to support local businesses. There's this company that I like to buy prepared foods from called Mama Says. They're 100% whole food plant-based meals. That's M-A-M-A-S-E-Z-Z. -Z. That's, that's my Mama says, this is, I'm not sponsored by them. I just love their products. You know, do, pr purchasing prepared food, supporting local businesses. Maybe you can just like order a tray of rice or a tray of like lentil soup or something like that and, and freeze it and make sure you have large quantities of that. And I think ultimately, let's try not to judge each other for how every person is handling it. I think we should just try to check up on each, on each other and make sure everyone's okay and, and continue to connect. Let's not like isolate ourselves further by feeling disconnected from everyone. It's a hard time, but you know, I'm hoping that in a few months we can start returning to normalcy. Yeah. I'm trying to stay optimistic and realistic at the same time as mental health is actually a very big one. So emotional health. And that's why I have an interview also on how to like keep up what's coming up next week. But like what she said, dry food, freeze, and we're both like, you know, going to be into Ramadan coming up both for, for both of us. So that's going to be a very challenge for a lot of Muslims these days now. So freeze up, freeze up smart and like schedule. And yeah, it's a very good summary. So social, social connection, emotional health, take care of it, manage anxieties, dry food. If you can freeze up, like what she said, soups and what have you. Is there anything that I should have asked you? but I didn't or any oh, final remarks. Honestly, I think that like you let me talk as much as I wanted, which I appreciate. You're like, my guess. I, <laughs> yeah. Like I think, I think even if you didn't specifically ask a question, you let me touch on whatever I wanted to touch on. I really appreciate that. So I think we're good. Yeah. Thank you. So everyone make sure you tag both of us on social media. She's under Sada. Sada J Zayed. S-A-R-A-J-Z-A-Y-E-D. Jay isn't actually my middle name, but it's like my husband's last name. So I, I, I used it. <laughs> and then I'm under Bifit for Akira. So this will be on show, no, um, podcast version and a video version on YouTube. So 
Thank you so much. Well, actually, guys, if you're watching, also here's the thing. Action takers in the house, make sure to snapshot a picture of what you're going to eat and tag both of us. How's that sound, Sarah? Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. I want to see you guys what you're eating and your workout. So let us know what your workout is. Fitness fill, your, fill, your, fill your plate with plants. I want to see plants. <laughs> and I want to see you like lifting things up. Stay hydrated. <laughs> well, thank you, Sarah. Thank you for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe today and leave a five-star review. You can also screenshot and share this episode with a family or a friend. Be strong. Be fit. Be fit for Akhira. Oh,